Tonight on Movie Cinema Film Club, we continue our series of sequels by watching 1963's From Russia with Love. So grab your Bond girl, pour a martini, and let's get into it. Movie Cinema Film Club. Welcome, 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 guys, back to another MCFC. Uh, we got a great one for you here. Uh, but before we get started, say hi, Ian. How you doing, Bo? Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Sean Connery is in the house. Uh, and uh, Britt, say hello, hello. Hello, this is my best Sean Connery. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing this, so uh, anyway. Um <laughs> And I'm Bo. So, hey, guys, uh, I'm sure it's been a great week. Uh, and let's talk about that week with our dailies. Ian, what's your daily, buddy? I am breaking the rules, and I have two dailies, and I'll go through them very quickly. I know, I know. But God, always breaking the rules. Daily you double-crosser. One, before tonight's uh, recording, uh, my good friend Raha is like a fitness instructor at this like solid core studio, and she invited me to attend her class. And I gotta say, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I it's a good it's a good reminder to always just kind of like yes and and just accept invitations. Like yeah, fuck it, like I'll do it. Um, and in my head, and it was comical because I walked into this like fitness studio, and it's like twelve like affluent white girl like college girls and then me and i'm like 40 and i was like all right let's do this uh but i gotta say incredible workout it was like it kicked my ass as much as i think i'm a fit person uh it's a good reminder you kind of don't know i i thought of this as like women who like to brunch not to disparage that or judge them oh no i'm getting canceled i'm getting canceled right now i'm getting unfollowed (laughs) no but i gotta look i didn't think how hard could this be it was incredibly hard i have a greater appreciation for that for those types of workouts. So shout out to Raha and her class. The other daily I had just to completely change gears. Uh, I've had like rough couple of weeks with work and I had this mediation today, obviously not naming names or anything like that, but I, the guy who attended was just a really kind older man. Well, honestly, it was almost like my father's age. And I just, I was just so thankful to have a reasonable person participate in that experience. And just like, you know, it made me feel gratitude for a lot of things in the sense of, you know, he reminded me to be thankful for what you got. Don't complain. There's so many things like, and honestly, all right, I'm going to, he is originally from China and it like triggered a lot of memories for me. And I went down this rabbit hole because he's like, oh, send me photos from your time in China. And I got pretty emotional in that I was like looking at these photos from almost like over a decade ago. And it, it like hit me on these like stages of life. And as much as like, sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day minutia and the like, you know, the menial tasks that we do and feel miserable and complain about, I just had this moment of like, my life's been awesome. And I'm so fucking grateful for like mm. everything that's come along. And uh, 
I'm thankful to that guy for kind of giving me that reminder uh, of how good things are, actually are. So that's, those are my dailies for today. Wow, awesome. Um, I bought a pair of really expensive shoes. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just thought that would be the best thing to kind of like follow you up with. Like you, you believe like you had a, you have a great life and it's you know important to remember I that. I'm like, I bought penny. something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says the guy who in our last episode, it's like Brit's wearing pajamas. I played mini golf and you're like, I just spent a whirlwind international trip to Japan with okay. all my. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, that was my daily. Are you no, saying that I like, can't have the daily I guys, want? This is dailies, how we're doing this now? All dailies matter. It's fine. All dailies matter. Um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, so I was you, just joking. Okay. I didn't buy a new pair of shoes. Um, <laughs> my daily, uh, honestly, I have to say it's another Japanese thing just because it, it is fresh in my mind. Typical um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I went on a 10-day Japanese excursion uh-huh. where I was essentially a famous person <laughs> and went uh, to every single city that I could where crowds of people uh, met me with praise and love. Uh, but that's not my daily. <laughs> um, so my daily, my daily is actually in Japan. They have these little toys that are called gacha. Okay. Gacha. And so uh, they're called gacha pong. And so they're in essentially a vending machine and you go up you put a couple dollars in, you spin it and they have all kind like hundreds and hundreds of these everywhere you go. It's, it's just like in the norm in Japan. And I usually get a couple when I go, I collect them. They're these dumb little things that like, it could be, uh, for example, one time, this time it was a bird holding a sniper rifle and it was about two inches big and you set it on the end of your glass and it's just a random thing or uh, a little um, bento box that it looks like it has real food in it, but again, an inch big. It's just so adorable, cute, so many things. I usually get a couple of these. I always think they're funny. But this time I went on a fucking binge <laughs> and I probably spent $50 on Gachapon. And I just ran around looking for the weirdest, strangest, most interesting, crazy ideas. And I think Brit can vouch for me. I, I gave her a couple and I showed her them all. Uh, they are ridiculous. So I'll give you some pictures. You could post them on our social media, but I just had that childlike joy of going into these stores or on the side of the street, seeing them like, what is that? And like just putting a couple bucks in and, and, uh, just having, just laughing to myself, you know? So that's mine. Thank you. Cheers. Gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. 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 Um, my daily this week, I think sometimes this is a good excuse to just like share a thing that you've been like nerding out on and enjoying. Mm. And in the past for me, that's been like an Instagram page or a podcast. And here's two more podcasts. Um, <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of podcasts these days while I'm working because it's like a lot of times I'm just like, you know, I'm by myself and I'm just like doing some task that doesn't require thought. And so it's like, well, I might as well be learning something. Right. Or at least like listening to some people just, just be ridiculous. Kind of like we do here. Um, so the first of the two, it's pretty new. It just came out a few months ago. It's called vibe check 
Um, and it's these three guys. The pitch basically is that it's like the uh, vocalization of their group chat. Like they're just like three guys <laughs> that have known each other through work or friendship, idea. whatever things. And it's like they're journalists, they're poets, they're Tony Award winning producers. And they also just are like three gay black men. And so it's like they bring all of these things to this podcast and they somehow mm. simultaneously in equal parts discuss like very serious like world news and politics and current events and things that like have this great bearing on the universe and then at the same time it's like but what's Beyonce up to lately and like so it's just like it's a good like just sort of like you know it is a literal vibe check like it just is like this fun mix of like sometimes you're learning things sometimes you're just like shooting the shit and like it's all somehow seamless and feels very respectful of all things and i fucking love it um so that's vibe check that's awesome. i'm sorry you guys i know there are other podcasts um and <laughs> the other one that i've been super into lately is called ear hustle and oh, yeah. um if you listen to our previous episode about Paddington 2, I was very passionate about the fact that I thought it did a great deal to humanize prisoners. Um, and Ear Hustle is a podcast that comes out of San Quentin Prison, and yeah. it's made in conjunction with one of the prisoners and this artist who just has been volunteering at San Quentin for like a decade plus. Um, and wow. they interview prisoners. They go over a lot of topics of just you know prison life and life in general and relationships and just all it, it's just a wide range of things but again i think it's something that's like you know we do not spend enough time as society i think just humanizing prisoners and acknowledging the fact that like they have lives too in and out of prison and they're just as rich and interesting as the lives that we live as quote free people out in the world um, so yeah, Ear Hustle, Vibe Check, both very awesome. unique, interesting podcasts that I've been just binging the fuck out of lately. And uh, <laughs> Vibe Check, Ear Hustle, if you're listening, feel free to praise our show as well <laughs> on your podcasts. Uh, <laughs> yes, feel free to Similar check demographics, similar yeah. demographic <laughs> audiences. So. I mean... You know, there's some overlap, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get into this episode. And because it's Brits, Brit, I'll let you take the the wheel of this Aston Martin. Let's do this. Ooh, let's. Okay, we got sexy really fast. Great. So we are going to be talking about the Bond film from Russia with love, but because we are dealing with a Bond film this week. I wanted to treat us to a Bond-worthy cocktail. And even oh. though we are dealing with a Sean Connery flick, uh, I am particularly fond of the Daniel Craig-era Vesper Martini, which, uh, as he describes it in the Casino Royale remake, it is three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lele, shake it over ice, and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. And so that is what I'm drinking right now. I have to say, I feel oh, nice. much more uh, sensual and dangerous than I did before <laughs> I started sipping it. And so, you know, it's a good place to be. Uh, feel free to join us in that. There you go. And there you go. 
Yeah. So now we are moving into From Russia with Love from 1963, directed by Terrence Young. And uh, just a quick synopsis in case it's been a minute or you haven't watched it, but, you know, you should have. Uh, In the second film of the franchise, James Bond fights off highly trained assassins, gypsies, rats, and inappropriate wine pairings in pursuit of a (laughs) decoder device and, of course, some side pussy. So I would like to have Bo start us off with this discussion. I knew you were going to have me start. I don't like it, but here we go. Let's do it. Um, Okay, so this is one of those situations uh, where I'm really glad I had some time to let this sort of soak in a bit. Mm -hmm. Because from the get-go and throughout watching it, I was kind of bored. (laughs) I was just kind of flatline bored and, and feeling like, what is this? This doesn't feel like a Bond film really at all. It feels like just a, you know, I don't know, like a a boring (laughs) Cold War, like, I don't know, espionage film. That's what it feels like to me. And so it's slow. It drags on. There aren't the same amount of like bond like gadgets and things like that. So I was really kind of like, what in the fuck is this? Mm. It's not the bond. I had actually never seen it. I'd seen Dr. No and and Goldfinger and and a lot of, a lot of these movies that, uh, it's a little bit more traditionally bond where there's a bad guy. He's got bad ideas. He's coming to get him. Bond has all these toys and gadgets and uh, he looks cool and gets all the women and usually has sex with like 20 women in one film. And it's like, it just wasn't that. And so I had to do a little break check. I had to do a little bit of like, Hey dude, uh, let this soak in. Think about it. Why is it good or bad? Um, because there are a lot of things I felt like, uh, I thought this film was kind of flawed in that way. Um, it's a little dated, but I mean, a lot of them are in general. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So I understand that. I understand that some of the stuff where it's like, Oh, why are you treating women like that? Or, Oh God, don't say that to the locals. Like, what are you doing? And it's just like, I have to let that go a little bit because we've changed. Okay. And it was that, um, but there are things that were a little anticlimactic, um, stuff that I was a little confused about. Like, what is, what is happening right now? I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) It was like, there's too many people doing too many things. And I was really, uh, sort of felt like I was thrown out of the story several times where I was starting to lose my patience. I'm like, I don't even know what the motivation is anymore. I don't even know who's double crossing. And I actually don't care at this point. (laughs) I'm just kind of assuming that it's going to be this way, you know? Um, I'm kind of jumping around the film here a little bit, but I felt like the boat scene at the end and the helicopter scene was supposed to be this grand thing. And it was so boring and sort of lackluster, kind of dumb. And I'm like, uh, this is just not bond to me. Um, so I, I, I think it started with the opening scene. I had so many questions and it confused me right away because we see Bond, he's in that grassy maze and they're kind of going around doing stuff. And then he gets killed. 
And then they walk over and they pull his mask off. And it's like another guy. I'm like, what? Who's putting yeah. this mask on? Who and then made this going mask? Out to, yeah. Who made How the mask? How did they know? What did they know? Like? Yeah. Who, yeah. How, all who these is things. The I'm like, who's getting killed for this exercise? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm like, what is going on? Who's going like, yeah, I'll volunteer to be bond and get killed. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? And so obviously it's, it's just meant to be a misdirection and we're supposed to think like, Oh, Oh, bond died. That's shocking. But like, it doesn't really work. Um, I felt like the gypsy girl fight was a little like ridiculous and clearly just meant to be like, made for men to be like oogle over these half naked women. And that kind of pulled me out. Um, I did like his, his partner. Um, I think his name was Karen Bay. Yeah. Uh, The guy who has like 20 sons. Yeah. 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 Um, I liked their Peruvian name. Yeah. 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 I, I liked, um, I liked him. I liked him. He reminded me, in some ways of uh, Indiana Jones's friend who was like in India and is always like a jovial, happy kind of guy. And, and it's just like, you see this character in every scene. You're like, Oh, I kind of like this guy. I hope he doesn't double cross bond. And so the fact that he never does, it's like, yeah, I like that character. I thought that was a good like break from just having bond be bond all the time. Um, but again, I kind of go back to this. I don't really feel like this is a bond film. Um, and if anything, that might be a good thing. That might be a good thing. But I feel like this film does something interesting and new. And then it feels like the rest of the series goes, okay, what worked in that second one? Okay, just get rid of that. And then let's just focus on the dumb shit and make it fast and furious and full of gadgets and pussy. And like, let's do this because this film is so different than everything else. So that's what I wanted to say. Bo Brit. Well, so I, <laughs> I have not seen many bond films. I maybe have seen Goldfinger, but kind of a little bit out of it watching it. So I'm coming in real green. And the first thing that you had commented on, Bo, was this gypsy fight scene. Mm. So that was the most, thi- the most striking thing that jumped out to me was the sexualization of this film, the sexism, this antiquated character of masculinity. And I kept trying to like understand this. And you know, partly from my daily today, but it made me think of this. There's this book called Wild Swans by this author, Jung Chang, who writes about uh, the cultural revolution, specifically like the sexual repression in society during this t- period of time in China where like the women cut all their hair off. They're all wearing like basically military uniforms. And I'll never forget there's like this anecdote about like essentially this woman bumping into like a male in the, like, the, like the soup line or the food line. And he like comes in his pants because of like repressed sexuality. Right. And that's kind of a graphic image, but watching this film, I was like, this is such a, so juvenile and immature and unnecessary sexuality. Like there's all these scenes where like, you know, it'd be great having very buxom women like roll around in bras and panties. Like we could use more of that. Like just keep adding that in for no reason. 
And I kind of, it threw me off. And then I thought, imagine, I just can't imagine any person born after the advent of the internet, right? You're in this world where any pornography, any sex you want to see is literally within milliseconds on your phone, right? And so if you go back to the 60s of like, I don't know, some horny guys wanting to like have sex it up, I guess this would have been maybe more normal or just acceptable or, you know, I'm trying to give some grace because it doesn't hold up. You're right, Bo. This is very outdated and it just feels like horny middle school boys. Like, Mm. yeah, that'd be cool. Like, just (laughs) add more of that. So that's the most striking thing where, to me, Bond in and of itself as a character is kind of like swarmy and just kind of unlikable. And I don't really like, (laughs) you know, he, to me, it's on this level a little bit. And I'm going to segue to a different point about kind of the John Wayne effect of like, he's not going to lose. And I guess the other thing to me that I struggled with and this is kind of cliche of a lot of spy movies, but like, just kill him. Like you have so many opportunities. If your goal, <laughs> if your objective is to kill the spy. Now, again, I get it. You have this whole scenario of this chess master. I did like that of like, all right, we have this Czechoslovakian chess master. He's going to plant seven moves ahead to get the spy we want and also get this in, you know, crypt, you know, encoder device to then sell back to the Russians. So you have this specter, like terrorist group basically, operating outside of jurisdictional lines as a nation. And so I'm like, all right, let me play this out, right? Here's the ruse. You have this former Soviet spy, like recruit this current woman who works for like essentially the Department of State. And the whole ploy is like, you're hot. Just say like, I want to defect and I want to bone bond. And it's because I saw a photo of him once because he's so sexy. And even like he knows it's a trap, but the Brits are like, whoa, we know the Brits want a challenge. And they know it, but there's this whole thing of this encoder. Okay. But then you, meanwhile, this whole time you have this like Irish guy who's just watching Bond all as, I guess I felt like this whole time, this Irish guy, the villain who's sent to kill Bond once you get the encoder is like, he just had so many opportunities. And yeah. especially on the train, like you have yeah. the guy, just kill him. And yeah. I get it. And I know, you know, from our generation, you know, uh, in the nineties, you have all of the parodies of the Austin Powers stuff. And that was a joke of all the times. And it's so cliche, but that was really ex- especially frustrating in this movie where one, the guy who's sent to kill him, saves him in multiple occurrences, like the battle with the gypsies and the Russians. Mm-hmm. There's probably two times that he saves Bond's life. And so you clearly are in a position that he doesn't know you're around. You can kill him. And now there's this scenario where you have the device secured by this Russian spy and you don't kill him. And it, or just like yeah. you create every scenario... So he doesn't die. And it's just frustrating. That's all. Just like it. In fact, I, I want to jump in really quick because this movie could have been, in my opinion, a little bit more effective in that scene because I felt the same way. You've got so many chances. But had, uh, had he, he, he says, 
the first bullet won't kill you. The second won't. The third won't. It's like, well, then just shoot him once. <laughs> if you shot him once, I kind of feel like Bond gets shot then, right? And he's sitting there, sort of has a handicap, right? He's shot. He's, it looks like nothing's going to work. But, but, but you got that suitcase and you switch it. Can I just have, before I die, can I get that one cigarette, you know? To me, it's like, then it feels more, but like we couldn't let Bond get hurt. Like, I, yeah, uh, we should let Brittany talk. Br- Brittany, uh, jump in here. Okay. I just want to start by apologizing um, <laughs> because my first note when I finished watching this was most boring Bond film ever. Mm-hmm. And maybe that I think a lot of what we are saying is in some ways, I'm sure it would have been different if we had been in 1963. We just saw Dr. No. And then we were like, oh, okay, what's the next Bond film? I'm mm-hmm. sure at the time it would have been like, oh my God, amazing, mind-blowing, exciting, relevant, all of these things. But for me personally, I had seen so many other Bond movies. I had never seen this one before this week. And so like, I have such a cemented idea in my brain of what Bond is how exciting that should be, how many tuxedos he should wear, how many martinis he should drink, how many women he should fuck, how many like cool gadgets he should have. So then to go back and like Dr. No had some of these things and it almost feels like this movie, they were trying to be like, okay, like all of this stuff was cool in Dr. No, but like, let's see what else we can do. And they tried to kind Mm -hmm. of like, go in a different direction, which in some ways I can respect. But for me personally, I'm like, I have this idea in my brain of what Bond is. And I'm like, this fucking blows. Like, what is this? Like, this is not Bond. Like, this to me just feels like this sort of generic Cold War spy movie that has nothing to do with James Bond that just is like, you know, I it, to me it's like, the boring stepdad of Bond films. It's just like, <laughs> like it just yeah. has none of the things to offer that to me are like so central to what Bond should be. Um, but, I but also you're like, kind of at a you're kind of at a disservice though because you're going from decades of Bond that came after this course. film yeah. to go back and say this is what Bond is. But totally. at that point, only one film had been made, so. This film was different and that was okay. Right. You know? And I, I completely acknowledge that. And so that's, I'm like, I have no hesitation in saying like, this is strictly just like my opinion coming from where I am seeing sure. the movies I have seen, which by chance just happened to be mostly Roger Moore. Like those just are the ones that I just happen to see mostly. Um, I just feel like even if I put all of that stuff aside and I just look at this as the movie that it is, yeah, I'm just like, I don't think it's great. I think the plot is kind of a mess and it doesn't make very clear what people's intentions are or why anything is happening. It almost feels in some ways like more like a series of vignettes than like a logical storyline that has a beginning, middle, and end that makes sense in the world. Um, I also like part of my frustration with this is that like 
The reason that I pick this, you know, in some ways is because it is a true sequel. It is the second Bond film. Um, but also because I hadn't seen it and people very regularly regard this as one of, if not the best Bond film. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, that's so, like, I've seen so many Bond movies. Like, I want to know, like, what is the best? Like, what's that about? And I just feel like so let down. <laughs> and I feel like part of the, when I like read up on it after the fact, I saw multiple times in reviews that people are like, oh, this is the most grounded, this is the most plausible Bond film. And I'm like, is that what makes it good? That it's plausible? Like, I don't want Bond to be plausible. Like, it's a fantasy. It should be, I don't know, like, I kind of want a Bond movie to be uh, kind of ridiculous in some ways and not plausible and something that is this fantasy of excitement and espionage and things that none of us would ever experience in our day-to-day lives. Like, I don't want plausible. I don't want a fucking like generic Cold War bullshit. I want <laughs> excitement. I want pussies. Yeah, but I don't want you martinis. Think that, like, <laughs> don't you think that's your expectation is just planning that disappointment in, in this way? Like it's not accepting this film or this character in this role uh, yeah. as what it could be. Instead, you're like, no, more guns, more shooting. And that's yeah. why I kind of felt like <laughs> the 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 response to this film almost felt like all the producers and ever like lost the idea of what bond could be and turned it into this caricature of what it it is but then when we get to daniel craig later the realness of it the grounded part of it is so much more refreshing it's sort of like born mm-hmm. identity it was like born identity was like the first of its kind to come along and be like the spy film that was like but this feels like the fighting is real it's not like like I'm Batman. They weren't he wasn't Batman anymore. He could get wounded. It was scary. And the I fights were close like, though, and harsh. I feel like Daniel Craig is like the perfect intersection of like there is a certain groundedness to it. Like it does feel like rooted in this world, but it also still mm. has all of the excitement and the action and all of the you know, it just feels like something that's like, ooh, like this is never gonna happen to me. I can't wait to see how it goes. Like it has that yeah. level of something that is removed from our day to day, but still feels like it could exist in this world. I just felt like this was just like Yeah. People want a decoder. Okay, good for them. I I just was like not invested at all. <laughs> what do you think, Ian? My struggle is like What's impressive about this Bond? Is it just that he's like sexy with good chest hair? When you because say like, this Bond, do you mean Sean Connery? Sean Connery. What, oh. And particularly I mean, this movie. I, I haven't seen this movie. Yeah, this movie. Because hmm. I haven't, I'm coming in completely blind on, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, thinking of other, you know, whatever, like action movies whether it's like a Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee, like, all right, at least you have like fantastic martial arts skills. Like, all right, I understand that you can kick ass or like a Batman movie where like you're buff and strong and you have like power, like awesome weapons. You're rich. <laughs> yeah. You're rich. Like the bond thing is like, you're just like a charming, good looking guy who apparently gives good dick. Like, I don't know, but uh, what do you do? Like, cause it's just throughout this movie, they're like, Oh, you did a good, like, 
Karim Bay is like, well, oh, you fought really well. And they're like, did he? I don't know. He really should have got <laughs> shot. If it weren't for like these other guys. He was just he kind was of like wandering of around that shootout. Like, So, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> seem to be a great, like we don't see this bond taking other people down. Uh, and Karim Bay does like the sniper shot. He has the attache kit that like is great. That's cool. Uh-huh. But like, I, I struggle in that of, how are you getting by? You just seem like a guy yeah. who, you know, is good at drinking and charming women. <laughs> but he's I- definitely not showing skill right. in any no. situation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like yeah. he's, it's almost like he's not paying attention. He's there Mr. are criminals Bean. and people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's Mr. Bean. <laughs> Honestly, Mr. Bean, like, last scene, fucks he, Bond he, in this. Like, yeah, I don't, it's, no, I'm not buying Bond in this. Mr. Bean's got a right. movie for sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, what are your skills? And that's why I was like, yeah. kind of frustrated. Of maybe, and you know, there's a there's a cleverness in the boat scene where all right, I'm gonna like dump all the oil drums, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. But then, uh, again, the, the the helicopter scene is just ridiculous, which how many passes do you have to miss that are, you know, because they just do the sound effect. And I'm sorry, like how bad are you at throwing grenades? Like, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's standing right there. Like he's, uh, the, uh, yeah, right. It just, yeah, this is the most a plausible lot of bond. He can't run. He's in complete exposure on a green mountaintop. Right. Just drives just- down there. Just land hover. the helicopter. Just yeah, just hover. Right. Just hover. You don't have to. You don't Come have to at constantly an angle. By. Like just let those blades make contact once. You're good. Yeah. Or just <laughs> land the gosh darn helicopter and kill him. Like we like. Also, like, do they anyway. not have guns on that helicopter? Like they I, literally you, just had like the blade to work grenades. with, and they're like, only oh, grenades. We'll, just get it. well, yeah, yeah, grenades that they couldn't possibly throw anywhere near him. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I do like the idea. It's like, go get them, guys. It's like, but all we've got are these grenades. Get out there, I said. It's like, okay. You know, it's like a lot of the bad guys were just dumb and Bond yeah. wasn't very skilled yeah. and the story really struggled. Like, I almost didn't even understand that whole church scene where they go into the church. And it's like four different people watching him. There's people talking and it's like, then somebody's dead. And I'm like, what is, and yeah, then, I don't... you know, Robert Shaw was like kind of not like scary in my opinion. And I love him. I love him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I was just like, okay, you're not really scary at all. Yeah. And it just, it felt so boring. And, mm-hmm. and maybe, like I said, maybe that was a good thing for this franchise, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like I, I, I did go in there with expectations and that did completely ruin my experience. What? So I don't know if that's my fault or their fault. We we've been piling on uh, this film a little <laughs> bit, but was there anything that you found that this movie did really well, or anything that you really enjoyed about this movie? I think once they got on the train, okay, things things got a lot more interesting, and I think the tension that was created once it's like okay, we have Bond and this chick. And Grant and like there, it, like the tension was palpable, and you could tell that Bond was like, 
what's going on with this guy, but I don't totally, you know, like I haven't figured it out, but I am suspicious. And that dinner scene and then like their eventual fight, I thought was like very exciting that like close quarters, like they clearly were like fucking each other up. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want to see in a Bond movie. Like I want Mm -hmm. that, but I want it to be extrapolated throughout the entire movie. And I feel like it took, you know, probably two thirds to three quarters of the movie until you get to that point. And it just, for me, it was just like too little, too late. Like I, yeah, Hmm. that was the, the one thing I thought it did well, but for me, it was just like not enough. I was already out by that point. (laughs) For me, it was the, uh, the filming of the amateur porn scene. I really loved that. (laughs) Oh, the sex scandal. (laughs) The, the, The sex scandal. The, the James Bond sex scandal. Yeah, because, We're oh, my God, show what this a scandal off. that James Bond has Look, sex. Yeah. What? With, uh, I mean, it's assumed or, or suggested in this film that he uh, has sex with both the gypsies, right? Mm. And then he's afraid it's going to get out that, like, give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot to, there's a lot. I just like the two guys' perspective of, like, they're just like, and roll it. You know what I mean? And you don't hear that camera working in the next room. Sorry. Do you know how loud cameras from the 60s are? Come on. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Ian's yawning. You know we're in a good place when Ian's yawning. Um, From Ian with love. Now, one thing I have to say is that every time I see young Sean Connery, I already know what old Sean Connery ends up being. And so I'm like, wow, it's it's a big change. It's a big it change. Is. It is. But it's sort of like God. young Marlon Brando, knowing that he ends up like living in as a 500 pound, you know, uh, island uh, castaway or something. It, it's <laughs> like, like ridiculous. He is the island? Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I think I already said, but I really liked the, I did like that. Everything that Britain said about that final uh, fight in the train car. I thought that was great. Uh, and I liked the relationship between um, Karen Bay. Um yeah, I thought he I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. I actually read something about him. Can I tell you about it? Please. I'm going to tell you yes. really quickly. Okay, yes. so the, the actor, the actor is Pedro Armendariz, and the actor who played the part so magnificently was terminally ill from mm-hmm. cancer throughout the production. Reportedly in constant pain. The limp is no affection. Uh, he only worked on the film to provide financial security for his family after his imminent death. Isn't that wild? Uh, yeah. yeah. He barely completed his scenes before being hospitalized for the last time. His work done, film finished, family secured. He smuggled a gun into the hospital and shot himself. That's, That's some a, real deal, Holyfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Bravo, yeah. Pedro. So anyway. I mean, holy fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, if nobody has anything else to say about that suicide, then let's move on to trivia, shall we? Oh, trivia already? Wow. Yes. What a tone break. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's time for trivia. This it's is classic, time, Brittany. Classic, It's time Brittany. for trivia. The oh, man God. who would be the point leader. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Peachy. Uh, get, get your emoji hands ready. You know how this works. The first question, gonna be aware of the one. Second one, it's two. Okay, question one. 
James Bond is known for his flashy, expensive cars. But what brand of car was popular with Bond in the Ian Fleming novels, but only used in two films, From Russia With Love and Never Say Never Again? Ian has his hand up. Just the make of the car? Just the brand, just the general car brand. Jaguar? Incorrect. Oh! I was very confident about that. You are not on top of your connery. Bo, do you have a guess of the brand? What were the two movies again? From Russia Russia with with Love and Never Say Never Again. You know, know, I'm really good at cars. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at cars. I did notice the car. It was a beautiful car (sighs) in From Russia with Love. I don't. I'm not confident. I'm really not confident. Just guess Um, something juicy. What do rich people drive? Oh, come on. Just teasing it with clues. I mean, what? Oh, because he's going to be it's in like the fucking Saturn? It's like Tatiana Romanova. <laughs> you know. You have eight I seconds. I was going to say, I, I was going to say Mercedes Benz. Oh, okay. Well, that is incorrect. Ian has a second guess, which wouldn't count, but go ahead, Ian. It won't count, but was it an Aston Martin? Incorrect. He does <sighs> That's many what he Aston always Martins drives. over the yeah. years. Many Aston Martins. The one that was used in the book many times, but only twice in the films, is a Bentley. Oh! Yes. A beauty of a Bentley at that. Okay. All right. Okay. No points wow. so Good far, question. but I have Go faith figure. in you the two. woman asks a question about automotive. Channel and we your wow. inner Connery. She's... <laughs> Quiet from the peanut gallery. <laughs> All right. Question number you two. Too. Get your hands re-readied. Never Say Never Again marked Connery's return to the Bond role in 1983. This is 20 years later, my friends. The film was plagued with issues, including Connery's wrist accidentally being broken by the martial arts instructor on the film who would later go on to become which prolific action star? Ian. Chuck Norris. Ooh, that was a great guess, but incorrect. I see where you went. It's a valiant effort. Bo, do you have a guess? David Carradine. Ooh, also a, a wonderful attempt at a guess, but my friends, the martial arts instructor on this film was Steven Seagal. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> the, the, hey, listen, that's like, that was the only next guess we could right. have had. If it wasn't him and it wasn't him, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. We, we, uh, oh, I guess, yeah, he would, but I he's mean. A little, he's a little younger, a little but still. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, Steven's a goal. He That's broke great. that wrist all the way up. Well, well, great uh, questions. Great questions. No points this time, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I feel like I really handed it to you on a platter. So I don't know. I don't know what. No, they were, they were great <laughs> trivia questions. It wasn't your typical <laughs> Brit. Like Mike, you know, James Bond was written by Ian Fleming, whose nickname yeah. in elementary school was. <laughs> Yeah. Ian what Flaming. Was his... <laughs> 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 
Vibe check. Shout hey. us out. My vibe right now? Connery. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've actually I've actually had enough of both of your uh, Sean Connery impressions. Great. I want to go on record for saying so. Let's get so, straight to ratings uh, if, then. If we could just if we could just yep. rate the shit out yep. of this garbage Let's hump rate Bond this film. Shit. Bo says it's garbage, but Ian, where did you land with From Russia with Love? You know, I had a joke rating, typical. Um <laughs> and I'm gonna deviate from that. <laughs> You know, I talked about season two. It's going to be, you know, <laughs> Evil God. Ian. I'm going to go with a 5.5. I think this is pretty bad. I think this was not very good. And I would not recommend this. It's not worth watching. So I'm going 5.5. Okay. Dark okay. Ian in the hoosh. <laughs> Bo? Um, I gave this film a six. Uh, and the reason I gave it a six was because... Of everything I've already said, so fuck it. I gave it a six. <laughs> there you go. What'd you rate it, Britt? <laughs> well, uh, in the spirit of all that is Connery and uh, Bond-like, um, I also gave this a six. Honestly, I was like wholeheartedly <laughs> disappointed by this. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Sean Connery and I love Bond movies, but this just was not it for me and i think some of that was my own personal shit that i brought to the table but at the end of the day i was just like no no it's not hitting i want more of everything that i think of bond to be and it didn't give it to me well there it is guys Uh, a, a real lackluster appreciation for a classic bond film um you know a lot of people love it i don't you guys don't. Uh, but you know what I do love? I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. You are very fortunate to have been chosen for such a simple, delightful duty. A real labor of love, as we say. Hey there, listeners. Ian here. And uh, I'm happy to continue our month of sequels. And we've seen a lot of movies over the last couple of years on Movie Cinema Film Club. And I am hitting you with my first James Cameron pick, 1986 Aliens, starring Sigourney Weaver, for next week. We can't wait to see you. Movie Cinema Film Club is brought to you by Shit Show Media. Make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our Instagram at Movie Cinema Film Club. If you have an opinion, a comment, or a movie you think we should watch and discuss, email us at moviecinemafilmclub at gmail.com. This week's episode was written by Ian Schof, Brittany Everett, and me, Bo Hufford, and it was edited by Brittany Everett. Remember, support your local cinema, don't spoil films, be oh so quiet at the movies, and for the love of God, choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.